Good afternoon, everyone. It is Sunday Night Teacher Talk. My name is CJ Reynolds. I run this here YouTube channel. Um, we're getting into the season a little bit uh, this this year. So I've been thinking a lot about um, what it means to sprinkle magic on your classroom or what Walt Disney would refer to as plussing, right? It doesn't mean a whole wild room transformation. It means sprinkling magic, right? It's like icing on a cake. It's not the whole cake unless you really did it wrong and you need to cover it up and you need to put too much stuff on there. But as I was walking through stores yesterday, I was just thinking about how like if a teacher wanted to do something for the holidays or for the go with the theme of a book, how you might just look at your room and pick one section like your your agenda board, your bookcase, your um, reading nook somewhere in your room that you could just add a few little touches that doesn't cost a lot of money. It's not a ton of stuff that's overwhelming and you have to think of this whole big giant room, what you're going to do. And then that way, even if you were in two rooms, you could have elements of the season of a book, of a lesson, of a unit that you're going through to do that. And so some of the things I just noticed as I was picking stuff up the other day were like um, some of the stuff that we put here in, in the room. And then also um, I found like at, uh, so y'all know I love googly eyeballs, right? I, I mean, oh man, my crow is a little bit off up here, but my crow, uh, even as googly eyeball on them, they, we put them on the pumpkins. It's like, it's my jam. And so at Target, the, Target has the best googly eyeballs that I found. You might be able to find these, like a, get more of them on um, Amazon, but like these are great. So they're the... Mondo, they're in like the craft aisle at Target. And the reason I like them is because there's a ton of different sizes. So you get these little tiny ones, you get the regular size one like that's on the crow, and then you get these giant ones. And I appreciate that. They also stick forever. I have put these on a number of things in my neighborhood, right? So like when you return your book, this, this, is gonna, this could get me in trouble if anyone from Gloucester City is watching this. When you return the book to my local library, um, there's like a little guy reading on it, but it looks like a street sign where it doesn't have a face. So we put googly eyes on it. They've been there for over a year. Uh, number of street signs in my neighborhood have them. Number of stop signs have them on the O where there's two eyeballs in the middle of it. And this is, is this defacing public property? No, I think it's adding to public property. So it's just one of those things. Then at five below the other day, I found these situations, jumbo googly eyes. I don't know what I'm doing with these, but I know they're going somewhere and it just feel good in knowing that I have them. Um, and so it's just finding those little things while you're out. And I'm always looking at everything like, what, what can I do with this? What, how could this be funny? How could this be something that would plus what I'm doing? So the idea of plussing is Walt Disney's idea of how can we just level this up a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. Last word on this. Not every student is going to be impressed by what you do. Not every student's going to love what you do in your classroom. Some people are going to go, why would you spend all your time in it? This is really what you spend your money on. Not every teacher is going to love what you want to do in your classroom. But it's not for them. It's for who it's for, right? We are doing the things for the kids we're doing it for. Because some kid's going to walk into your room and you just did a little bit of stuff in there and it looked freaking magical and they loved it. So pay attention to that and not to all the naysayers because I don't know what's wrong with them, but...
I even think, I just want to chime in and say, like, I even think if you do it for, if it's just your jam, it's part of your personality as you are the teacher in the room and it's your love, part of your love language or you enjoy doing it and it makes your space happy. You enjoy it. It makes your classroom better for you to be in there. You're in there all day long. Like, I think even just do it if it's just for you. It does. It just adds to your joy as mm -hmm. well. It makes you walk in and you go, ah, oh, this looks so great. Yep, and I think that that goes really well with our first question. Awesome. I'm going to fix this microphone. This is real professional, but it's, okay. uh, it's a little crooked. All right. Well, I still have to find our questions. Go so ahead. give me. I'll be over here list. fixing microphones. Oh, dang it. It's good old John Lopez. Here we go. Uh -oh. John Lopez. Nope, it's a real good it, it, this is a great question. It's always a great question. That's true. Um, okay, he's asking, how do you deal with the emotional drought due to burnout? Man, that's a great question. Um, he, I, that's a great way to put a question to emotional drought due to burnout. It is emotional drought, right? It's like your, we talk about this a lot. Your capacity is really, when I, I would imagine when you're in that burnout situation, your capacity for all of it is really, really low. So I've talked about this before. I'll give a little bit more depth to this idea because I think this is such an important thing, especially. I and, think and this I'm is going to segue right? into our next question. Like by this John is this Fox. is September. Or no, is today October? It's our anniversary. It's our anniversary. It's our anniversary. Look at that. We didn't even say, hey, happy anniversary. I thought it was next weekend. I thought the because next week is the 200th episode. I thought next week was going to be our oh no today. anniversary. And I thought, what a great thing. Oh, it's our anniversary, everyone. Hooray. Welcome to our anniversary. Um, <laughs> this is how we're spending it. So it, it is. I, to be honest, we're doing work that we love. So anyway. Yeah, it's great. How do you deal with emotional drought? There's a guy that I've been listening to, Myron Golden, um, who does a number of Bible studies in the morning that I listen to. Myron Golden says that the his the, the guiding principle that he goes by is be, do, have, right? If you want to have more, you need to do more. But to do more, you need to be more. And so I think this is one of the number one things that is the most overlooked that teachers think that things like self-care are nice to haves. They are the sprinkling of magic. It is just a nice little thing you do for yourself once in a while. And I'm saying that if we if we want to have more, we want to have more peace in your classroom, you want to have better lessons, you want to have better engagement, you want to have better student relationships, you want to have um, anything that you want to do, you have to do more, right? You have to do more stuff. You have to connect with more kids. You have to ha plan better lessons. You have to create a more engaging class, right? But to do more, you, not your students, not your school, not your admin, have to be more. Now, look, I'm not taking onus off of students and administrators, but I can't control them. I can't control the administration. So if you have terrible administration, you can't control that all the time, right? There's things you can do, and that's maybe another question. But how do you be more? And I'm telling you, I was watching... Um, this uh Diddy put a thing on IG yesterday and it was did you see this roller skating thing it was oh, Usher roller skating right and he's having it right <laughs> it is worth going and checking out right just go it's probably on Usher's Instagram page it's Usher um roller skating and Diddy said this is how we're going into the weekend like this <clears throat> and the thing I loved about that so much was it just reminded me that when you're in your flow, when you're in 
that energy zone, when you're in, when you got the vibe, right? When you're vibrating on that sort of level where you're just having a great time, where you're just feeling great about life and about the world and about your family, you're, you are vibing high on things that you know you can control. The other stuff doesn't sting as much, right? It doesn't hurt as much. It doesn't bother you as much. Some kid curses you out. Somebody says something to you, you get a negative email and you're just like, man, you can handle it. I don't know if you really do that. I, maybe you should. <clears throat> but when that happens, for me, it's about changing my energy level, right? It is what can I, when I say you got to pour into yourself, it's pouring into yourself so that you are vibrating on a level. I know this sounds a little woo woo, but this is where we're going with this. When you're vibrating on that level, you just handle stuff better. But I think everybody knows what you're talking about when you say like vibrating, when you're feeling at your best, when you know you're feeling good inside and you can handle what comes when we're not feeling our best, when we're bogged down by all the other little things, then we aren't at our best and we can't handle it. We get more pissed off. We're more agitated, more annoyed, like at everything. And so it's really I think the work comes in in staying in that place in that yep. mindset is the work that's the work and and look the work for some people is a whole lot more than for others right because yeah, it's all about you you need i made it i made a video last year called um when self-care isn't enough or something like that i think it was called and one of the things that someone called me out on in the comments and it, it immediately hit me because i immediately knew i should have addressed this is things like getting a coach getting a mentor or getting a therapist these are things that are overlooked. And most of us, if you're in education and you have like your your uh, your insurance might pay for it almost completely. <clears throat> and so I know I have friends that are on like um, the Affordable Health Care Act that pay like twenty dollars a session for a really good therapist. That is well worth even if you're broke ass poor, that is worth your money to I'd rather eat ramen for a whole week and then make sure that I'm going to therapy because it is just ends up being that important. So then for others, it might be putting on a song. I I dare you to put on the Rocky theme song and not feel a little bit more charged up. It just can't happen, right? Like you just feel- I've been noticing that music for myself is a big shift. Like it's, I don't even love music the way that like you love music or I know Tracy Pinter is like such a lover of music, like speaks to her soul. I'm not like that. I just like it because it makes me like feel good on the inside. What do I tell the kids all the time? I just enjoy dancing. (laughs) Pull the shades up and put on music and actually get dressed because we're, you know, stay at home crew now. But like- um. You just feel better. You do. All right. Automatically. Get a shower. You feel better. But Eat so a really it's, good meal. Laugh with a friend. It's being disciplined about doing <clears throat> the things when you're busy, yeah. like all teachers are, like knowing that you have to get up a little bit early to maybe pour into you because it just makes everything it's better. It's worth it. It's the Losing, discipline. I think sleep is incredibly important, almost more important than anything else. But I'd say waking up early, I'd rather wake up early and get less sleep and pray and meditate and do all the things then it's Jocko Willings, the freedom or the discipline discipline equals equals freedom. freedom. And I really, really, I hate that one with all my being, but it's so true. All right. We're starting off on fire. Okay. Let's go. Uh, uh, Deanna is up next asking it's the same theme. I think everybody's struggling with this. What should you do if you just aren't excited anymore? I'm at a new school without any major issues. Everything is quote unquote fine, but I just feel ambivalent. Like I'm just moving through. I'd love advice. So Deanna, I, this is a great question too. 
because you hit like that. I think the average teacher um, career right now is about 14 years, mm -hmm. right? Um, if actually that might be different for brand new teachers. Uh, I think that's actually much shorter than that. But um, some of the things that I look at sometimes are one, what would this look like if it was awesome? Right. Like, what would this lesson look like? What would my day look like? What would my like, how would you be feeling? How would you be flowing? How would you be moving if your day was awesome? Like, who were you eating lunch with? How are you changing things? Are the kids coming in excited? Like what actually sitting down and picturing that and being detailed, not like um, I would. So when it's some, one of the traps I fall into is like not being detailed enough in this, you're trying to think of like, how can I be utterly detailed of like, what would my classroom look like? What would my house look like? What would my ride to school look like? What would I be eating for breakfast? Um, what would I like? I'll tell you this. Um, and this is a little, this is TMI. I hope it works. Um, my <laughs> wife makes breakfast for us every morning. I'm not advocating for anyone to make breakfast for their entire family every morning, but we have breakfast burritos on delicious corn tortillas every morning. It is delicious. It is so good that my kids, before they go to bed, they go, good night. I love you. Sweet dreams. I can't wait for breakfast tomorrow. <laughs> right. Every day. Or they ask, are we having breakfast? No, like, so am I know. making breakfast? So if I can't get my I kids don't. out of bed, how do you get the kids out of bed? Yo, breakfast is ready. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> then they come downstairs and we all eat breakfast together. You don't have to do that. But I'm just thinking, what could you do that would have you going tomorrow? Like, oh, I get to do this. So I, I think one of the ways in doing that is... Um, I think it's it's caring for others. I think that, you know, like, so look, I'll tell you what. If I'm feeling bummed at school, if for me, it's always going silly or weird. So if I knew that I was at five below and I brought these into school, I'm already thinking there's a hundred places I could put this. Where could I put these eyeballs? That's just going to crack me up, right? Where am I going to put these thousands of eyeballs on, in my school, I constantly have in my pocket. That's a thing that switches it for me. I want to say, I think that one of my favorite things is the street artist, uh, Amberello, yeah. um, who came in. There's a video on YouTube about it. She did that big giant heart that was behind you in the yes. classroom. Um, one of the way she even started what she does is she did it for her, right? She just did it for her because she was she needed positive messages on her way to wherever she was going. That's where she put those positive messages because she was dealing with like mental health was a struggle for her. Yep. And so I just think whatever you have to do, sometimes what you do in school, it's probably it needs to be just for you, I think, to keep you sane with all the things that you have to deal with. I yep. think some don't feel bad. It doesn't always have to be for the students, I think, is what I'm trying to say or pinpoint. Like sometimes like even just like your room decor, it's sometimes it's for you. Yep. And or, that's OK, too. Or for a friend. Mm -hmm. Like what can you do to a friend's room, to their situation, to their mental health, like that you can show up because um, it, it really is. It's that idea of like in giving we receive. Yeah. But I would also say that if that is not enough, Deanna, then you have to start looking inward at like what is the potential issues of like why you're feeling ambivalent and all of that. So don't be afraid to look you know, inward at that if needed also. But yeah, yeah. Best of luck. I'm glad that you're at least at a decent school, <laughs> which is opposite of most folks. All right. John Fox is up next asking last week, you talked about becoming the kind of person who would have the life you want. What is your advice for how to become the kind of person you want to be? Um, I so I so for those of you that don't know or, or, or need a reminder, like so one of the things I do is um, 
I have created uh, an outline of exactly the person that I want to be. I know what I want to look like, um, like physically and how I want to dress. I know what I want my house to look like. I know what I want my relationships with my children to look like and with my wife to look like, with my animals that live with us uh, to look like. I have uh, like friends, bands, things I want to do, places I want to go in critical detail, right? Like I know what my, this sounds bougie, but I'm, I'm going there. I know what my vacation home looks like that I want to have in Costa Rica for a month every year. I know how much it costs for all of the added pluses for that situation to have an, ex an experience that I can have people at. I know exactly what I want my dream home to look like. And I know what kind of events I want to host. I know that I want to have um, like trunk parties for, for students when they're graduating from college or from high school that like can't fit. They don't have the space for it. Just come down. We're going down to Reynolds Ranch and we're going to have, there it is, Reynolds Ranch. Oh my gosh, get the heck out of here. Um, real rap with Reynolds Ranch. Anyway, I'll talk to you about it later. Um, <laughs> like, and what I want to be able to do with that. So what happens then is, it, for me, it's, it's, it is breaking it down into a series of things that I want to do and then what are the micro actions that it take me to get there? That's it. So if I want to have the best, class ever like so like if we're talking about teaching what does that look like like it is getting really 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 into the weeds of like what does that look like and then all it is is <coughs> micro actions to get you there right we all know that like if your school is in shambles there's really micro actions that your school has to take right so like if a student gets put out of class um i talked to a friend the other day who got cursed out by a student put a student out of class four minutes later the student is returned to the class and is told that um, that they they the teacher was assured. Oh, we wrote it up as a as a classroom um, interruption. Don't worry, it's taken care of. What? Huh? What? Like, no, that's not it. But like, so what do we need? We need to train people to deal with it better. We need to have a place for students to go when they get sent out of class for such an egregious <laughs> act. So it's it's figuring out those micro actions, and then it's not on teachers. There are a number of micro actions that your school could take to just make your school better for teachers, right? Like, like, and it's, so it's, it's very seldom a big, huge change. Um, it's little changes. And then it's only takes like, I think four task items to get to any big change. I think we talked about it last week. It's the, what it's, I think it's constant review to make sure that your actions are lining up with what you want. Right. And it's just all those small steps that add up to big change yeah. over time. But you have to keep making sure that you're on par with what you want. I think it's so easy to get to deviate. So I'll say, let me give this really deviated. quick example. Right. The, a few years ago, actually, this is like even pre-COVID. Um, when I get bogged down, I start eating out too much. And then my pants don't fit. Um, and so that's a problem because you don't want to buy new, you don't want to have big pants, right? You don't want to, you don't want to be that person. It's like, just stay on the same pant size. You don't, we don't want to have big pants, like for when we eat too much, right? I don't want to plan for that. Anyway, I made two simple shifts. One was that I had to go to the gym only three times a week I was allowed, and I could only do three exercises. That's it. I didn't even allow myself to do more than that. So I knew exactly what I was going to do on each day. I went to the gym Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at five o'clock in the morning. I only did three exercises when I was there. Well, I would stretch and, and stuff first, but then I would do three exercises. And then um, I wasn't allowed to eat anything that was white. That's the only thing I changed. 
That's it. Like, so right. Think about it. Like that's white bread. It's rolls. It's flour tortillas. It's rice. Um, it's anything that's white. I couldn't, I got this from somewhere and just make this up, but like, um, that was it. And it was so wildly attainable that like when I wanted to add on a, an exercise eventually or add something else onto my health or eating or diet regimen, I was able to do that pretty easily, but it was just these little tiny shifts that I was making that made really big changes overall. All right. Ready for the next I'm question? ready. I'm going to drink this water. Look, we write our names on all of our water bottles because uh, we just got our water tested. And it's really disgusting. Um, so my kids hate when I call myself daddy anymore. <laughs> like it was something they called me when I was little or when they were little. But now they're like, Brody's like, stop saying that. I'm like, right, I'm your daddy. And he's like, stop saying that. <laughs> all right. All right. Because he's 15. Okay, tired working mom is asking, I'm a first year teacher, I'll have five observations this semester. How do I deal with what feels like constant criticism, much of which is warranted? I want to give up because it feels like I stink. I would say, Jesus, this is such a good question. Um, there's a lot I'm trying. Sometimes I have to like pare it down because I want to give this much help um, when this much is probably what's warranted at the moment. Um, but I would say that. What are you thinking of? I feel like you're about to say something. I do. I think remember that the criticism is coming from. People who are like critiquing you with the idea of like who you're going to become not who you should be currently mm. right teaching is a journey if teaching is a craft it takes many many years so you ask any teachers i'll tell you it takes what five three to three years before you even feel like not like i'd you're argue that your... but you're right okay well i mean right but you can put certain things in play to not have these tumultuous i think you can become there's... a pretty good teacher in three to five years if you go full tilt but if you're if you're not if you're not trying to be the teacher you yeah, were called to be then with, it's going to take longer i'm going to argue that you're saying that with the knowledge that you already have in the back of your mind imagine if you're a first year teacher there's so much knowledge everywhere it's like it's almost overwhelming of like which one do you choose oh, sure who is right sure who everyone says their method or way is like the right way so i think it could be overwhelming so anyway i really think just remembering that like what they're what I hope that they're trying to critique you on is that who they want you to be as a teacher in the future and to not beat yourself up to just know that it's a journey. I think it's about us. Again, it comes back to our own mental mind space on like how we filter that information and why we're filtering it a certain way and, and those sort of things. These aren't easy. None of our answers have been easy and it all comes back to self. It does. I think the first thing you're, you're hitting on there, that's really resonating with me is this idea that we have to um gosh this is really important right so if we grasp this point this is really crucial if it's how you are perceiving what is being told to you right and so i know that language and emotion is everything to me um a con I'll, i'm gonna let you know a little bit of uh, uh of reynolds family um i want to call it dysfunction but like one of the things that like gets us <laughs> uh -oh. is the, right. But the way you say things to me, sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you're yes. saying it, that it, it, CJ's very sensitive to it. it I'm, <laughs> look, I'm a sensitive man. Um, it pisses me off. Yeah. And so I have to be like, so that's something that you're like, I, I'll remind you of and say like, Hey, the way that you're saying that is like, it's triggering me. 
um, I need you to like, you know, if you're pissed off, be pissed off. But like, if you're not, because you'll say, well, I didn't even mean it like that. Well, that's not fair for me to, to make voices of you. But like, <laughs> um, it's, but it's sometimes recognizing one of the things I have to do for myself is to think like, all right, she's, she's just telling me something, right? So sometimes in school, even if someone criticizes you, I, I tend to run towards criticism. Um, so if I get an observation, I want to know, I act, I just act like it. I'm not even excited all the time for the, for the feedback, especially if I don't trust the person that's giving me the observation, but I am like looking for the feedback, like, Oh, what'd you think of this? And what'd you think of this? And then when they say that they didn't like something or that you should change something, I go, wait, so here's how you, how you change the power dynamic. That's really interesting. I'm curious how you would change that in the classroom um, going forward, what I could do to get better, to, to, to do something different. Now you went from just being on defense to being on offense. And when you're on offense, it's, you're, it's always a stronger position, right? So I'm flipping the table where someone thought like you're just going to be like start melting and shrinking because you're getting negative feedback. Instead, how can you turn that so that you're wanting that? And then remember that teaching is a craft. Right. If you were in anything else just starting out, it would be you would get a lot of feedback. If you started working in a kitchen, if you were on a baseball team taking piano lessons, if you were a construction worker, they would not put you in charge of a giant like the, the building of a house. Right. You would have to learn those skills. How do I put up a wall? How do I put up sheetrock? How do I mud sheetrock? How do I sand sheetrock? How do I put on? How do I paint? How do I put on trim? It, there is. um. There, there is a layering process that over time you're going to get better and better. And I'll say this real quick. Um, you need to really be mindful that. Um, oh, snap. I forget what I was going to say. And it was. Oh, shucks. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I got it. I got it. Oh, um, that what you're doing this year is you can replicate in large part next year. You're not recreating the wheel. Right. Like every time I go to like a restaurant, this isn't the first time they made the meal. I'm sure the first time they made it, there was like a little bit more thought, a little bit more consideration, a little bit of like, how do I set this up? And like if I went to a good restaurant, right, and they're and they're setting that up, there's a process in the beginning. But now you order whatever you're ordering. They're just going to bam, bam, bam. It's out there. It's out there quick. They have it taken care of. Everything was prepped already. Right. It's it is the same. You're doing the same thing but you're doing it in a flow. Now you found your rhythm school, being a teacher, being a parent, being in a relationship with someone is sometimes about finding that rhythm. It's building those good rhythms. And as you build the rhythms, <coughs> then you're not thinking about everything. When I started playing drums, I had to think about the bass drum, the snare drum, the hi-hat, how do I keep time? And it took a lot of mind share. Now I could do it and like have a full conversation with somebody, right? And like, you just aren't even thinking about it. You're doing it in the car. You're doing it on ladder. I'm doing it on my desk. It's just something you do. It's allow yourself the time to find those positive rhythms and then to get into them. And then you'll just be moving and grooving. I promise. Yeah, there's a couple of really great comments. Um, someone said to take the feedback and focus that it can be something that will help you grow, yes. like switch it. And then also they said, it's okay to ask, like, what did I do well? Um I think everyone, just like a, she said, at parent teacher conference, we give a glow and then some grows. I love yeah. that. It's very teachery. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that that's you got to just take it in stride. 
Yeah. We do as it at, best as possible. We did it at it's dinner for a while. Though. Remember we did uh Rose and Thorn. What was your yes, Rose and Thorn? Of the day. Yep. Um oh shucks, this is what happens. Oh. First time checking in this year. Great. Glad you're here. Um, question. I'm a seventh grade science teacher and our seventh grade team is struggling with students constantly talking during instruction. Um, I don't know if there's a follow up to that. Uh, do you have any tips? OK. Um, <laughs> sorry, <that's, laughs> I have any tips. Uh, so I think this is a constant thing. Right. And I my sense is. I, I I don't maybe may, I'm curious to know even in 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 the comments because um, this is my sense. My sense is all things discipline and classroom management related are exacerbated after the pandemic. Like kids are just more talkative than they were. They're more anxious than they were. They're more depressed than they were. They're more um, there are more behaviors that are uh, that are exaggerated in class right like and not in a good way right we're talking about like kids that are like oh man all right this is a day it's just more and i i think that that's true i don't think that's just because we didn't see kids for a year year and a half um that being said it is i think if we're talking about your team it's working on some things what can our team do together to help handle this situation I think that it's talking to your school about having really strong discipline um, practices in place. Look, and the reason I say that, and I know that's not everyone's favorite answer, but look, not every problem is your problem to solve as a teacher, right? We need to be working as a team. And I, this is why, like, one of the things I, man, I drove my admin crazy last year because they would constantly put these rules or standards or ideas in place. And then when I pushed back, because it was a terrible idea, right? So for instance, one of the things I was told by my assistant principal last year, who no longer works at the school, and I certainly don't watch this channel, so I can say I'm not naming them. My assistant principal told me, I said, hey, um, there was a fight in my room. It was something that we hadn't talked about in the beginning of the year. I said, hey, would you mind giving me your number? So if there's an emergency or if I have a student that needs to be taken care of, I could just text you and let you know to come down to the classroom. They said, and it would, even though they have a school phone, the school gave them the phone. They said, oh, no, 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 I don't use that phone. I said, so, all right, what is the situation? Because there's no one kind of like there, there's no security in the hallway this year. We've removed them. Um, what should I do? And her answer was to that. I was to pick up my classroom call. Well, this is why students are fighting. Call the front office who would then call the assistant principal, who would then walk, get on the walkie-talkie and contact someone on the security team who would then come to my room. <laughs> so my reply was, I'm sorry, have you, ever, have you ever seen students fight before? Because that fight, at least amongst boys, is because girls are like, when I taught girls, they were a little more devious. They'd go hide in the bathroom, lock the door, and then handle their business. Um, boys like a spectacle that's in public. Um, so it became this thing where it was like, that fight's going to be over already. Someone's losing a tooth and I'm hurt. So I need that, that process needs to be expedited like to, to the ninth degree. And so I think I just made that term up. Um, so then she said, oh, well you're, you're right down the hallway from me. So here's what you do. Just yell down the hallway to me. I'm sorry. Come again. So then that didn't happen. Um, so one day that uh, there was a fight. I yelled down the hallway. This is a fight in the hallway. It wasn't in my classroom. 
and she didn't show up. So I yelled for the principal. I then ran down to both of their offices. Both of them aren't in there. Bro, what? Where you guys at? You know what they were doing? Chilling in the lunchroom, talking to one another. And so it's like when these practices aren't in place, it is our job to point them out, to go to the next meeting. And as with as much self-control as you can muster, it, explaining this is exactly what's taking place. This is what needs help with. We need to have something take place, whether it's an organization come in and speak to the students. Maybe it's the principal talking to the students. Maybe it's doing more parent phone calls. Maybe it's contacting parents through email. Maybe it's, um, you know, talking to those students, whatever it is, we need to get to the bottom of this because every problem can't be a problem for you to solve. The other thing is, and I'm telling you what that I do for students that talk too much is one, it's using a timer for everything. Um, or for as many things as I can, and then not allowing work to be handed in after the time or after the class is done. One of the ways to get kids to stop talking the quickest is that when they talk the whole period and they go, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't get this done. Can I hand it in later? No, you can't. And then realizing that what you're doing, even though you're might be upsetting or pissing off a kid, is that you are holding them accountable. And that can feel mean sometimes, but it's really the way to help a student to grow. It's not about, um, look, you did this thing, bam, now you got the, you know, the hammer came down. It's no, you need to learn to bide your time better, to work within the limits of the time that you have to do any given project. That is, a, that is a life skill. And so here's what I want to see you do tomorrow. When you come in, how can we figure out a way for you to do better? Do we need to move your seat? Do you need to move your own seat? Do I need to have a certain cue that I can tell you? Cause I want you to win over everything. It is my main goal in this life is not to, in this classroom is not to be right. It is to help you win. And so how can we do that? And it's having that conversation with students um, and then holding them accountable so that when they do it, there is a negative consequence. Maybe it's reaching out to parents. Maybe it's sending home a reflection form, something like that. But you are taking the workload off you. Kids suffer the consequences, but then you're always, the conversation is always how are we going to get you to a place of winning? Not just if you don't do what I say, this is what's going to happen. I think that will help a lot. All right. Our next question is coming from Anthony. And Anthony, I just want to say um, we're so glad you're safe and that you didn't um, suffer any damages from Hurricane Ian. He made a comment earlier. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, and we're glad you're able to actually be here. Um he is asking, how do you adjust your teacher's planning if you switch from teaching a dual enrollment advanced placement class to a regular non-dual enrollment class? So I think, Anthony, anytime I've ever taught um, a, a class that was like at a higher level, so even if it's like honors and then I'm teaching like a mid-level class and then I'm teaching basically a remedial class, right, which is like a co-taught class with another teacher, um, for students that are on an extremely lower level. Um, the one, the format's always the same. I don't change my format. Now, the amount of time or the depth in which I go into something may change or the level of independent work may change. So for instance, um, if I was teaching a really low level class and let's say vocabulary, maybe those students are having five words a week in a lower level class. Students that I know might have um, executive functioning uh, issues. They might have auditory processing issues. They might have short-term memory um, loss, something along those lines. Then I am creating still vocab, still every week, still 
um, reviewing every single day, still assessment on Friday, still can retake any assessment the following week, but it's a shorter number of words. Maybe for higher level students, I'm doing a larger number of words, or I'm just going much more in depth. In depth, we're looking at Latin and Greek roots of words. We are looking at the like the the, the history of a word. We're looking at um, the we're we're going a bit deeper in that. When we are looking at when we're reading, we're reading more pages. We're reading um, on our own. We're reading like as homework or whatever. But like for my lower level classes, I'm never they're never they rarely ever read um, alone. When they do, it's in groups. They almost never have to read at home. We read a lot of stuff together and I chunk out whole parts of books. I don't read the whole Odyssey with a remedial class. I read like we start on like book one. So they, 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 they're called books and not chapters for whatever reason. In the Odyssey, I never really looked that up. I'm not sure why. I'm sure John Lopez knows. <laughs> but it is I go from book one to book nine. We skip eight parts, seven parts in there. Right. We just jump from one to nine. Right. I stick with the good stuff, the juicy stuff. We go right to the Cyclops and then we jump. We read like book 10, book 12. And then I think we jump to like book 20 or 21. So we are pulling parts of it out. <clears throat> what you don't know right now is that my wife is being incredibly sweet and she's walking behind the sound curtain that is in my office to go cough up. I do. Oh, Thanks. Well, because both of our kids have COVID. I have seasonal allergies. We're, we're, we're a coffee group right now. We are. And not in the good warm <laughs> sense of coffee so it is what, what i'm getting at here anthony is that you are um just escalating or de-escalating the number of things that you're doing that like some of my even project levels right so if i have um students that are that struggle uh i am giving them a slightly different project that is asking for as much stuff as students that are in an advanced class um, there's a lot more walking kids through, like how to use a Google document, how to identify the different pieces, how to make your font all one size. It's it's step by step processing for damn near everything because that's what they need. And then other students, it's, hey, here's what I need you to do. Don't know how to do it. Look it up like this is a good skill for you to learn because you're a self starter, a self motivator. You have the ability to do that. That's how I differentiate those sort of classes. Okay, next up is James asking, how do you handle it when students love what you do, but then some use it against other teachers to degrade them? It strains the relationships with my teacher friends, and I am unsure how to handle it. So one, I don't. So this happens a lot. Um, my co-teacher and I, in the last few years especially, have made some really incredible classes. And then uh, we have teachers that... Um, like they feel some type of way because the students would go. I actually had uh, a kid one time, Greg, and this is both one of the kindest things anyone ever said to me, but it was really mean about someone else. Um, he was in my class. Uh, he might have had me twice, um, but he was hilarious. And he was a kid that not everyone gets along with. Right. Every once in a while, there's there's always kids that like a teacher gets along with. Right. I'm not that for every single kid. I don't want to make that seem like I'm trying to like be that much of a narcissist. But I had a really good uh, connection with Greg because I taught him for two years. So Greg went on to 10th grade and he told the teacher one time in 10th grade that she, he was, wasn't doing any work. And she was like, why won't you do any work? And she was awesome, too, by the way. And he goes, yo, because this class is basically like the dollar store version of Mystic Reynolds's class. And I was like, 
first of all, that was really kind of you to say for me, but that's really mean to say of someone else. And so I went and addressed because she was that really hurt her feelings. Mm, yeah. And um, and again, she's a great teacher. She's still a great teacher. Not at my school somewhere else, because that's what happened last year. Um, so it was me talking to Greg and talking to her about that situation. But one, I don't like kids talk trash on any teachers in my class. Um, I point out what they're doing. That's great because kids don't always notice it. I point out the things that 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 are so wonderful about that teacher that they're really doing or that, look, everyone's going through stuff that students don't know anything about. They think that you're just at home, like just playing the lessons all day when it's like, no, I had like like this week we had both of our kids had covid. We had a bee infestation that got into my house. And me and my son, who's terrified of bees, had to go spend a night at a, at a hotel. And I was um, up till 2 a.m. Yeah, killing bees. They <laughs> came the, in through vents. So my like... dog has insane allergies right now that is like making it incredibly deal, difficult to like deal with life because he's just constantly eating himself. Um, there's all this stuff going on. A massive and, laundry pile up. Yeah, yeah, and then you go into school, <laughs> like right? Life, and you're you know? like, I don't want to deal like what? Like, this is what I have to deal with now. Yeah. So it's, it's pointing those things out to students. But um, I think the other thing is, is just like, try, I try to love on other teachers. It really helps balance the scale sometimes or invite people into your awesome um, or like talking to them about your planning process, about what you're thinking about doing. And like, Hey, you have, I think I love how you, I, lo I love this aspect of your class. Here's what I'm thinking about doing. How would you change this if this was in your class? So now you took them from a place of being a victim to being a victor, right? That they were someone that didn't feel worthy or they felt less than or it was messing things up. And then you're going, no, you're actually the expert at this thing. I've seen you do it. I've seen you talk about it. How could I be better in that area? And that just gives that person an opportunity to shine in those moments. And that's worked for me anyway. All right, Summer is up next asking, I am facilitating a philosophical chair, chairs, issues, agree slash disagree, debated out for my staff. What would be a fun or serious topic issue that 44 teachers could debate? Um, what's better, waffles or pancakes? <laughs> um, that's really what I would ask. Uh, I, that's a hard one for me to come up with immediately. I'm going to summer take. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to get you an enormous number of responses, hopefully. <laughs> could everyone, um, everyone that's not paying attention right now, if you could pay attention, uh, take a look at Summer Tate's question on the screen. Uh, what would be a fun or serious topic or issue that 44 teachers could debate in a school? I mean, this is the perfect place to ask or in the Facebook group because, um, so if you're not a part of the Facebook group, Facebook group would be a great um, place to get that too. Yeah, you can pop that up there, right? So if you're not a part of that, you can join that. The, I mean, Summer, there's all your teachers. You want to ask what you want teachers to talk about? Ask the teachers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, really. Um, That's a great idea. Okay. Well, let's hope we get. See, Summer, some good you don't responses. always have to know all the answers. You just have to know people that know the answers, and then you get out of it. So cool. Go ahead. All right. So our next question is coming from Parks. She's asking. Uh, every week, it seems it seems we have three to four changes to schedule: pull out, small groups starting, or new tutors starting. Most changes are great, but what tips do you have to keep up with constant changes? Um, I think first of all, Parks Drake is incredible educator. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think it's just it's staying loose with everything you do, right? When you go in, 
to education and go pot committed to your vision, to what you want to have happen when you had this imperfectly like bullet. No, it's a, I don't want to see bulletproof. Uh, I'm thinking of another word. Like you have like a concrete schedule plan. Things get messed up. That's just true in life. Right. And this is hard for me because I have, I've talked about this at length before. Like I have like every damn thing planned out on my calendar. Um, there are tons of like, like it's, it's exactly how I like it, but I know for me, I get thrown off my, my, my joy unicorn, um, that I just ride around on doing, that's it folks. I ride around (laughs) on joy unicorn. This is, this has got real dumb, but I get, I get kind of bucked off the unicorn when people mess with my schedule too much. When all of a sudden it's like my wife is like, oh, I forgot to tell you we have this to do today or, oh, real quick. Can you just run to the food store? Or This is a little glimpse into us. This yeah. is this is how CJ rolls and I roll in the more like, oh, shoot, I forgot. Like, whoops, oh, yeah. we got this going. You're, got more, like, you're already fluid. more loose, but you but you op- I'm but, opposite the other way too. Much. And there's pluses and minuses right. to both. Right. It's a balance. Because sometimes I get a lot more done in a day mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, my gosh, what even happened? They don't even know what I got I done. And I'm like, because you didn't have a plan. And so. <laughs> But the plan has to be oh, the movable, right? It's like any, it's like when you see how they build bridges, right? Or or skyscrapers. Skyscrapers actually are able to wiggle a little bit. The bridge is able to move a little bit. So even though you have this permanent structure, there's some flex in it. It's I think it's a mindset thing for that. What do you have to say? Well, I was going to talk about just like our schedule, right? It seemed like you came home and it was like, yes, we're going to have all this time to get stuff done. And then a lot of stuff just takes up the time it can. And so- we realized like, okay, we have to have very clear blocks of like, this is work time for, you know, business, or this is like homework time or whatever it is that yeah. we're doing, but block out. But in that block, it can still be fluid or what you're doing in that block during the work time is, is fluid. Like, I don't know, just if you can, yeah, more fluid. I yeah. think I'm just going to piggyback off of that and say, yep, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> That is hard. I want to I want to acknowledge that that is it's difficult. It's hard to deal with. There's so much that goes into putting a great class together that when people mess with it, um, it's just problematic. Well, it's it's hard to say fluid. I mean, we say that like it's so easy, but it's really not. It's like the same thing. Like, it, no, it's difficult to do. Easy to say, uh, difficult to do. Okay. Um, Kevin is up next and asking, Hey Reynolds, I'm in a bit of a tiff uh-oh, with my principal. The kids say I'm always supporting them and supporting them as was a labeled was labeled as a co-teacher. I was told I'm not supportive and make excuses. I'm not allowed to co-teach and only provide one-on-ones. I was then told that my vision that education is only ever about the students is not I is not ideal for college readiness and that the grades define it all. All right. So I'm a, I don't know if that's the end. I think that's it. So that second part, you already know I'm going to say no. It's not college readiness. Grades don't define it all. Grades are important, right? But grades are part of the game. And so what grades would he are, be told if this guy is saying that, like, hey, if he's going in and he's telling his principal, like, my vision is that education is only ever about the students and the principal is saying, no, you can't do that because our mission is college readiness. But you're, but we're talking about it like they're two different things. So that's what you're education being only ever about the students doesn't mean grades aren't important. It just it, there's still a marker of success that you need to get to. But that's based on what do you want to do in your life? 
So if you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, um, a business owner, well, I'm not a business owner. I mean, business owner, there's still some usable stuff in college, but that's another conversation. Um, it is, but if you want to, if college is a part of your master plan, you have to do well in high school. You just have to. There's like, there's not another way around. There's no way to get into college without good grades, without strong SAT scores. Or to get the, the job that you want, right? Yes. You have, there's a certain tract, but not everybody is on that college readiness. And then when we, when we push everybody to be on that college readiness track, like everybody in school that we just go, oh, they're yeah. just going for college Well, readiness. we act like college is the be all end all. Right. Not every it's student like, needs to go to college. Some students don't need to go to college because it depends on what do you want to do. Now, does college have provide more options for you, more opportunity? And more than anything, connections with other people. Yes. And that's incredibly important. Maybe maybe one of the most important things in college. I have a friend who's at Harvard now and she's like, the education is like, it's OK. Subpar. But like, but she's like, it's the it's the type of people that go to Harvard. So the, the individual that I'm friends with is there for their doctorate. And they are like the people that go for their doctorate, that get accepted for their doctorate at Harvard are like next level folks. The education's all right. It's something you could learn in a book. This is them speaking, not me, but that it is being around those folks. That's that's such a big deal. So some students do need that. Like my guys that grew up in West Philadelphia or Camden, New Jersey, have very rarely left their neighborhood. And one of the things that opens them up to the whole world is going away to a school where they're not just dealing with folks that they grew up with in the neighborhood, but they're getting opportunities to mix up with all kinds of people. So I think that education is only ever about the students is also about grades, but in regards to what do you want in your life? And are you just chilling? Like, I'm not interested in just chilling. So it's like, it's so that's part of it. Go ahead. Oh, I want to just uh, comment. I want to speak to another part of his his comment to make sure that we're getting he's getting a full response from yeah, us. Yeah, I was um, going to go about that first part. Well, yeah, the, told that I'm not supportive and make excuses. So that's what they're being told was that they're not actually supportive to the students, but they just make excuses. So, so there's a difference in I want you to like yeah. talk about like um, education is only ever about the students. Correct. But not letting them get away with everything and so, doing. But I that just takes clarity. holding a mirror up to your own actions and really thinking about that, right? Like, <clears throat> is your, is what's being told to you, is there even a kernel of truth in that? Mm -hmm. um, that it it can feel like we're sometimes like, we do this with our own kids, right? Where like, I feel like sometimes you aren't like, strict enough or um you don't hold the kids accountable for enough of stuff enough stuff man people are really getting an insight on the uh on the old reynolds love life over here today but um <laughs> i wasn't even listening and right sometimes <laughs> i go too hard and you'll say yo you're going too hard like you need to ease up a little mm -hmm. bit on the kids and then other times i'm like ah you're being a little bit wishy-washy on this situation like anything we need to hold them accountable and like make them do the thing so um but that's both of that's our personalities and it's trusting the other person enough to listen to what they have to say in case there is a, a bit of truth to that. So I think that it's actually sitting with it and saying, like, what if this is true? What if this was true? How would I handle it? Um, and then that's it. It's not you being right or you being wrong or them being right or wrong. It's how are we working together to help students grow? So if you were pulled out of being a co-teacher and only are allowed, and I don't even want to say only being a one-on-one -on -one because man, that is, I have students that 
gosh, if I had a one-on-one for them, it would change their life. But it is, how are we figuring this out? Like, what if, what if your supervisor is correct? How would that change the way you do stuff in the real world? Not just like you're going to be a machine and do whatever you're just told to do, but how would this influence what you're doing? I think that's that's worth sitting with sometimes, right? I like, agree. Um, that has been that was a thing that changed us in our relationship, right? And I, I learned this also, like from other teachers I worked mm-hmm. with. But with us, it was what if what if she's right? Me asking, like, what if she's right? What if I what if I am what I'm? I think am you doing always have wrong? to ask yourself that in any time there's a critique because it's never fun to hear those things about no. ourselves. But so we have, to, but not everybody's right either. But it gets so easier just, though, right? Like, yeah, the more you do it, right? I, mean, we, I feel willingness. like we're at a place where I'm like, you'll say something and I'm like, no, oh no, you're you're right. Like facts, yeah. let's do that. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Um. Okay, Noah is up next asking, you said that you're a stay-at-home crew now. Does this mean that you're homeschooling both kids? Oh. I did independent study uh, high school and I liked it, but I missed the social piece. Your thoughts? So my daughter chose to go back to school um, this year. And so she is in seventh grade and goes to school. Well, she was out for a week. She got COVID. But um, our son... He's still homeschooling. He wanted to go back to school. We really think that it's not that public school, our public school is not a good fit for him. So we are actually like talking about private schools for him and how that might work. But there's the problem with New Jersey is there's no, there aren't very good private schools. We fall in a gray area for, especially when it comes to our son, to be a bit more transparent. Like um, we have some learning differences and things like that, but they're not as severe as maybe one school would want them to be or not severe enough for another school or one. It's a little bit more apparent that it's there. It's just like we fall in this weird gray area to find a, yeah. a private school for him. So homeschool is the best fit for him and our daughter. It's that social piece that you talked about um, was missing for her. She did it for three years and it was great. Um, and now she's like, no, I want to go back to school. And we're really excited to send her back into our public school. We had not a great uh, scenario and we didn't love the admin team and didn't feel like they were very supportive when our son was there. And it's been a few years now and they're all new team and they seem really different. I love building relationships is the primary of what the principal talks about. And you know, if anything about us, we love building relationships and that's the theme of what we do. So, um, or what we believe. Yeah. It was a difference this year. We walked into the school for back to school night and you knew a meet just the, it was just different. It was a different energy in there, like the way they set up, the way that they came into the year, the way that they were. Excited but I'll say about that it. it's been an interesting glimpse into just a more traditional public school than from where yeah. you more were than teaching. I would get. Like if I when you go and speak somewhere, everyone puts their best effort forward. And so you don't really always get to see the, the nuts and bolts and and things. But like sending your kid to school, it's like really getting a glimpse. And we've been very happy. So hey, far. can you show um, our new little skeleton thing? Oh, yeah. To remind everyone yes. to uh, make sure you like this video. Um, when you like stuff, what it allows you to do is uh, is it pumps us up in the in the algorithm. And that's just going to get this in front of more people. Look, it's free. So we're not like it's, you know, no one's paying for this. Um, but when you do that, it really, really it taking really helps. my tour off of my you know, sorry. I just wanted it to back. show everyone. I know. But put it back. Hey, man. Put it back where you got from. Okay, here's our next question is coming from Summer Smith. And she's saying, do you have any Halloween holiday season traditions and ideas for students? I haven't thought about it much, but some of my kids have been asking about it lately. Um, Gosh, 
I mean, a little bit. I never I always went for weird stuff summer like we celebrated Groundhog's Day because I think it's the most ridiculously wonderful holiday ever. And so that might include watching Groundhog's Day or having cupcakes with groundhogs on them. Um, but I have over time, I have had some traditions like um, I did have a Christmas tree one year, but I felt like that was a little exclusive to like Christian kids. So I stopped doing that. Um, it was more about like celebrating holidays um so like for us when i taught in camden it was um hispanic heritage month was a big deal black history month is always a big deal uh groundhog's day was big deal for much different reason um but like you know some holidays i on my only caution around this first i think it's it's awesome i love when people do it um my only caution ever was to, to play both sides of the coin was that the holidays are a really triggering time for some students where like some kids are stoked to go home for for winter break and then other kids are not because um, they don't want to be at home. They know they're not getting gifts for for the holidays. And so it's being thoughtful and mindful around that. But um, yeah, I, but I'm trying to think real quick, like what we've like Kayla did all kinds of stuff in school. She like loved Earth Day. She would decorate and put flowers That's, and this vines is a hard subject for CJ because he's not an elementary teacher, right? So it we was, still did stuff though. I know, but it's not expected like it is in elementary. Like school. Halloween, we always had like themed. But that was it like, in your whole school. Like, what other holidays did you guys do? Like Christmas, people wore ugly sweaters all the time. Kayla would have the ugliest sweaters. But that was pretty um, much it. I just in most like high schools, is I I don't I just don't think it's like. But as, I think it should be. Right? It should the more be I'm thinking facts, about, like, I agree. You want to send all this stuff up? I'm like, no, this should be a thing. Like, let's play yeah. into the seasons. Let's not just every day is the same thing. Um, Summer, I'm going to say that this is a great question for fun. the group also, and even for the Facebook group to see like what are folks doing to like dial it up. And like I said, it's like it's like you can just take a little tiny part. Um, but for Christmas, you used to make. Like little say, gift bags all the time for the kids. Related. Yeah, we would like bring in treats and stuff like that. Um, you would do it at Halloween also, I remember. But I'm going to say, don't do that unless you have a partner or someone that wants to like partner with you. Because that's a that's a huge undertaking. It like is. all these teachers that do all this stuff. I remember we'd have extra, 150 like, yeah. gift bags oh all over gosh. our tiny apartment. They would be everywhere because you handmade everything. I know. Well, because I'm crafty and I like that stuff. Yeah. Like I enjoy doing it. It was insane. But, yeah. So if you're going to do something like that, like rope in your friends, rope in your crafty people and make it about the kids because who doesn't want to do it for the kids? It's do always it about the, the kids. kids. <laughs> okay. Um, Sophia is up next asking, I'm having a hard time advocating for music lessons. Some teachers are reluctant to have students pulled. Is there anything that you would want to hear from the music teacher that would be reassuring? Uh, man, I forgot about this. I didn't know I that played, you could get pulled for yeah, a music I did. lesson. I got, uh, when I played drums, when See, I, I was feel, in elementary I feel bad I'm not school. really helping your call, Sophia, because I feel like, Man. What? It's already hard enough when kids need to be pulled for like extra added support. And like when you get pulled, you get taken away from your activities, right? The electives, the fun things. The, oh, the, that, I was not. I was thinking about core classes. Like, well, so that doesn't happen, though. So I'm telling you, because I'm the one who did all the IEP stuff for years with yeah. kids. When our kids, it was an idea of, um, you know, extra help for math or reading, these sort of things when you needed help for that. And so just add in music in there. I imagine yeah. they're going to take them out of an elective yeah, or something. I forgot about and that's that. always really hard because that 
penalizes kids. They or feel it would be like when Brody was in like recess and they'd be like, that's when they would pull him to do for extra reading. reading. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. So, <laughs> so that one's a hard one because it's like there's only so many hours in a day. Um, Where do I don't you think fit it's it that hard. One, I'd love to know what other people well, think about this it. too. This is another one. This is like we're hitting a lot of questions today. I think are um, are good for a number of people to answer. But um, I think it's it's coming up with maybe like you do a presentation at your next staff meeting and say like, look, these are the values that kids like can learn in during music lessons that are going to that are going to actually help them in your class or there might be students with behavioral issues like i know my brother got detention every single day of high school every day and middle school the thing that saved him was he was a part of the marching band that was the only place he ever felt he belonged if my brother did not have marching band he would not have graduated from high school i had no doubt in my mind it was the connection piece for him so sometimes it's reframing what we're doing and looking at it in such a way where it's like how is what we're doing benefiting this child like so they're getting pulled out of your reading or your math or your history or your science class to do music lessons and that might sound like a missed opportunity but let me talk to you about how it's not let me talk to you about how like learning music helps your math scores how it's helping you to retain information um, could we collaborate on something where like, what are you learning now? And maybe math class can complement that, or you could complement what we're doing. You're working through that sort of scenario, but, um, that's where my mind immediately goes, but I know there are going to be people in the comments with really, really good question or answers for this. Um, I'm sorry, I was reading. Someone said in the comments, they said, I make a big deal out of Halloween in my chemistry classes because I love it. I have my room decked out and we blow up pumpkins. Yeah, someone, I was going to say someone did that last year. on Halloween. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, there was a teacher that did it last year. I think it went all <laughs> wrong because I don't know that they had the classroom management to do it, but, um, and they definitely did not warn the neighbors. Uh, so don't go in West Philly and start exploding things. Yeah, that could be dangerous, um, yeah. but I think um, that's really fun. Can I that's, say something really quick yeah, before you jump in the next question? Because we're going to, we're getting close to the end. Yeah. So one, Next week is our 200th episode of this iteration of Sunday Night Teacher Talk. We did have a different one, Teacher Talk Live, that we did before. And so we're actually over 200 episodes. But for this iteration is 200 episodes. Um, and for folks that are watching next week, we're going to be giving stuff away uh, in celebration and thanks to all of you. So just be mindful of that. Like if you're, if you're on live next week, we're going to be giving stuff away. The other thing is um, we... Look, we've never asked this before. So if you could, right, if there's 84 people watching this live right now on, on YouTube anyway, um, there, if you go to anywhere that you consume a podcast, and if you could give us a review, I don't even care. You, you review us how you want to review us. I'm not even asking for a positive glowing review. You give us a review, right? Like pick the number of stars, write a little something, right? Um, we are going to, and then if you screenshot that and send it to us, email it to us, we're going to have another workshop coming up um, in the next few weeks. We're going to announce it next week on the 200th episode and uh, when it's going to be and all that sort of stuff. But it is, um, I want to give you 15% off if you send us oh, the- Can we make it 20? 20%. 20. You always want to make more. I do. <laughs> yes. Yes, we can do. So 20% off. The next workshop, if you want to go to it. So all you have to do is just go to anywhere that you consume your podcast. Click on, um, so on YouTube or on iTunes, it's, um, what is it called? 
Teacher Class Off Radio? Yes, right? it's Crap, a podcast is called Teacher so many Class things. Off I can't Radio. Remember. Teacher Class Off Radio, go on there and then um, leave a re- uh, review, screenshot it, send it to us. I will send you a, a promo code for 20% off of the next workshop um, that you'll be able to do. Yes. All right. And you want to do a few more questions? Yeah. Again, okay. all this stuff, like asking people for likes and subscriptions and stuff and hit the bell and leave a review. It's because it the algorithm favors you. And then we're getting this free resource into more teachers hands that might need it. That don't like the number of people that send us emails and comments constantly. that are like, oh, my gosh, I've been teaching for five years and I just found your stuff. And it's been a game changer. Um, why did you search for five years? It didn't pop up in the algorithm. So we're trying to get in front of more people to help more people to help more kids. And that's how we're trying to play this game. Yes. Okay. Uh, Shana is, uh, Shana is asking, I just received two new students in my high school resource math class. One is on the lower end of sixth grade math. The other finishes quickly at grade level. How do I meet their needs at their pace? I think having students help one another is one way to do that immediately. So you're having students that are on a higher achieving level, maybe help or partner with someone else, or it's differentiating the work. And like, maybe that student that's in the lower range gets less questions. They are questions that are more suited for them. Whereas the other student is getting like work that is on a much higher level. That's an, that's a little bit more difficult that has. Um, so what I don't want to do here is, is this. I, I really disliked when I was in school and I disliked, I used to do this too. And I, I, I started not liking the practice where if a kid is um, at a, at a more advanced cognitive level, we give them more work. So your reward for getting done and doing a good job should not be more stuff to do, right? It should be that the work you're doing is more difficult, that it is more challenging, that it is more everyone's favorite word, rigorous. And so it's trying to, I would work with your math team to try and identify some markers of like, what is everyone else doing when they're in this situation? So that there's a through line in your school, but this could be something that, you know, you just talk to math teachers, whether it's in the Facebook group, whether it's in your school, whether it's people that you know, and finding what are ways that folks are different, making simple um, differentiation for students in their classrooms. Oh, geez, I was doing other stuff. You, Mm -hmm. You haven't done this in a while. And I haven't sung a song. Oh, we got a question. You don't have to sing a song. Look at that. Thanks. Thank you, Mel, for saving us. Um, Mel's asking, how do you handle students who have to hold court with their audience of peers, usually during instruction? When I take away the audience, they shut down and won't participate in class. And so what? They shut down and don't participate. (laughs) Like, Mel, I think, um, look, it's it's creating. I, I think sometimes it's creating space for kids to have their moment and then that's it. So last year I had this kid, I'm putting you out there Munson cause you can handle it, buddy. Munson was, he did this all the time, right? It was everything drew attention from the way that he sat in his chair, which looked like, like he was in a coma or something um, to the way that he answered questions, the way that he raised his hand, he could just never raise his hand. It was like one of those ooh, ooh, ooh kids that was like jumping out. So everyone had to laugh and he's like looking around for the response. So what we would do is have moments where Munson was allowed to talk, right? We have, sometimes I'd have Munson teach. He would start the class. Did you call them he, Munson moments? You really should have. That was a fail. Should have. 
but Monson. his last name was Munson. And I know. He didn't even need a nickname because it was you just like such him, a great like, last yeah, but name. Yeah, the time of day in the class, you could have called it the Munson moment. It did. It could have. Um, I'm fun. thinking of um, there are students that like always wanted to read their their journal entry. And it was it would be this long kind of like incredible or like somewhat untrue story or really untrue story. But they were just looking for the laugh, looking for the moment. So we would. All right. As everyone, as we're getting ready here. Is everyone ready for story time with whatever, who, whatever it was? We'd play music, we'd adjust the lights, and they would have this moment. But then it was letting them know, look, I'm get, I see what you need, right? I see what you got. Like, I love the stage too, right? That's why I'm, I'm a grown ass man with a YouTube channel. But can you, can you bring it into this moment when you have it? Because in any movie, you're not the only person. This isn't stand up, right? You're in an ensemble, right? If you, if this was the Office, Jim can't just be running his mouth all the time. It's not the Dwight show. He's a character in the show and maybe an important character, but we need to dial this in. I'm going to give you the moment. I'm going to give you the, the time to have this, but then that's it. And look, if what you give isn't enough and a kid shuts down, then look, that's something that kids are going to have to monitor on their own at sometimes, right? Is I, like, and, and that sounds a little bit harsh. And maybe you could talk to a counselor. Maybe you talk to other teachers. Maybe you talk as a team because maybe there's some underlying issues that need to be addressed there. But uh, I see you nodding over there. But um, but sometimes it just is what it is. And we can't just do this every day. We just can't have like you doing like a little bit of stand up every day in class. You making a big deal every single day. I used to have another kid, Munir, remember? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. He was in a video. And so my deal with Munir was he loves being on YouTube. But if he didn't behave appropriately in class, because he would like curse at kids all the time and stuff and try and start fights, I would still let him be on YouTube but I wouldn't move the camera down because he was really short. So you'd only see from his forehead <laughs> up in the videos. And like when he would not, when you have his phone out in class all the time, there, I have a video of this where he goes, yeah, I took my phone out in class today. And I'm like, yep, yeah, that's why I know. I'm and it's his, the like the top of his glasses up and it cracks me yeah. up every time I see it. Okay. Um, let's end on this last question for Jamie. I think it's uh, everyone can relate to it. How do you work with parents who are not wanting to follow through with consequences and are friend style parents? Does that make sense? And the student's behavior doesn't change. So Jamie, I, there's not a whole lot you can do with parents that, that are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. I mean, it's their kid, right? So they're going to, they're going to, do, so if they want to be like the mom from like Mean Girls, then there's only so much you can do with that. What you can do, though, is hold the student accountable. And I would have a conversation with your administration and say, like, hey, look, these are some of the things that we're working on in class or that we're working through. Here are some problems I'm having with the student. And this is the reaction that I'm getting from home. Because um, what you need is you need to be ready to have that administrative backup so that when something goes wrong, goes sideways in class, that administration is going to have your back because sometimes, you know, when you have parents that coddle too much or go way, way, way too easy or their kid never does anything wrong. And you have a parent that comes in and is mad at you because their child is now uncomfortable or is getting in trouble for something that they don't think they should. You want to be able to go have your 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 administration already know and then they're going to back you up in that scenario. Um, I'd also talk to your grade level team and make sure that that student is being held accountable for certain actions or activities in class, in all classes as well. So you don't look like the one teacher that's doing the thing. So, for instance, we, students that have a really hard time keeping their phones away, regardless of what your school's phone um, sort of like protocol or policy is, 
It's making sure that like, if there are write-ups happening, right? If this is what we're doing, we're writing students up for having their phone out in class or for using it inappropriately in class rather. Um, and what I mean by that is like, they're recording other students or taking pictures of things that they shouldn't be taking pictures of, stuff like that. Um, that is something that's happening in every class. And that as a team, we are focused in on helping the students succeed by limiting some of these negative behaviors and we're doing that together. I think that's what's going to help. So then it doesn't look like, oh, this is the teacher that's doing it all the time. Um, that we're kind of sharing that burden as well. All right. Don't ask all me right. if there's no more questions because there's more. There are always a lot of I questions. Know, I know, but we're already, every time to end. We're at hour twelve, and Sundays are. It's then turns into family <laughs> time, and it also turns into the Eagles started playing an hour and seventeen minutes ago. So. Look, gang, again, we're going to be doing another workshop. We're going to announce it next week at our 200th episode of Sunday Night Teacher Talk. Um, if you could, make sure that you like, make sure that you subscribe, you hit the bell because it's going to help more people to see it. And if you screenshot your um, your review, good, bad, or indifferent. I'm going to pop this up on your face. Do it. For oh. Teacher Class Off Radio, <laughs> right beautiful. there. Um, the, we will, uh, we'll give you 20% off, not my 15% off, 20% off the next yes. workshop that we do, um, which will be happening in the next few weeks because I think it's gonna, really going to help people. Um, and that's it. Anything else? Well, if you haven't gone yet, you can take, uh, Parks over in the comments. She's been to every single one and she says that they are incredible. So oh, awesome. There's a good review for you if you haven't been a part of one of the workshops yet. Oh, oh, cause she's been a part of everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah she's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Parks. Um, that's it. That's it. Cool. We'll see you next week, gang. Peace. Peace.